Hope FM, Faith-Filled Radio. Well, talking about uh, a great blessing in this hour of the programme, I'm looking forward to profiling the work uh, of Richmond Church. Uh, and I start off uh, by speaking to its, uh, its pastor, Martin. Martin Moore, good morning to you, Martin. Hi there, Blair. It's Richmond Park Church, Blair. Richmond Park Church. Thank you. Boston. Thank you for putting. Yeah, no worries. Because in, in times past, it used to be called. I think you would call Richmond Fellowship, weren't you? Uh, in the, the very days, but of course now Richmond Park Church uh, on Palmerston Road. So, what's it been like for you then? Because obviously, uh, doing church in a different way and so on. Have you been using the old Zoom and internet and all the and YouTube and all these wonderful ways that the churches are communicating these days? Yes, I think you have to, don't you, Blair? In these times, well, thank God that it's happened when we have got access to these things. I think the main way we've worked is on Sunday mornings. I've just pro- I've produced a YouTube video, so I recorded different people singing different uh, items to the service and putting it together and doing a premiere live on Sunday morning. And well, it's not live, is it? But it's recorded live. But it's premiering at ten thirty, then midweek and prayer meetings and different things like that. We've we've gone to Zoom, so Zoom's done well. Uh, and uh, it's money. It's been a blessing to us, to be honest. It's been fantastic. We've had more people come into to to our midweek meetings via Zoom, and even Sunday mornings. Really, you look at the amount that we we have in views. I think it's true. Lots of churches have said this. There's more people uh, listening into services now than perhaps were willing to. Well, obviously, definitely willing to come into church. I've heard lots of churches mm-hmm. say that the views have got. To, and I suppose one of, one, of, one of the reasons for that is that the people can watch, you know, uh, worship services and so on uh, and be completely mm. anonymous, can't they? Whereas for some That's people, right. it may be a little bit intimidating to take their first visit to church because they don't really know what to expect. That's right. Yeah, yeah mm. definitely. Mm. Plus, obviously, the situation that we're all facing, perhaps people are a bit more open to uh, to spiritual things and answers that perhaps... Uh, we know that Jesus can bring to them. Yeah. Now, do, do I detect a Brummie accent there? Well, Joy would tell you off for saying that. It's actually the black country, but you're not far off. We border in Birmingham. I used I used to work for Birmingham City Council for three years before I went to uh, to Bible College. So, yeah, we're very near that area. <laughs> not too far from not too far from West Bromwich Albion football grounds was the the Elim Church. Where I was became a Christian in and still consider more sort of uh, sending church, as it were. Well, yeah. well, tell us something about about your faith journey, you know, and um, how, how did you become a Christian in the first place? Yeah, it, it was all through the air training corps, uh, the, the air cadets uh, for youngsters. I remember I joined quite old, but it, my friend says, look, you know, come along, we get to shoot rifles, and, you know, we can even go up in aeroplanes, a two-seater aeroplane. And I thought, man, that sounds good. I'd love to try that out. So I joined the air cadets. Uh, and enjoying some of that, I managed to go up in the the two seater chipmunk aeroplane, uh, which was great. But uh, there was a one of the he was a warrant officer, he was a believer, and he went to church and invited uh, some of the cadets to come along to church with him because I think he, he was sharing his testimony uh, on that night. I thought, well, uh, church isn't my scene really, but I thought if I if I go along, uh, who knows, I might get promoted quicker. And I did get promoted, but knowing the way I thought, because I remember I was sitting in that church and uh, this uh, officer was giving his testimony and all of a sudden something came over me. I, I didn't know whether I felt like laughing, shouting or crying, but for the first time I sensed that 
God was real and not somebody that may or perhaps may not exist uh, out there up in the sky sort of thing. And uh, that sort of let, started the journey, which was, um, obviously I was excited about it. There was a group of us that went, a lot of us had, had experienced God's touch and sort of beginning to think, well, you know, God's real and they talk about heaven and the joy that we can have in him. And I was hungry for it. And the pastor quite wisely set up a, a special midweek meeting showing one of the videos that take you through the life of Jesus. And he invited me uh, and anyone that wanted to give their life to Jesus to go and have a chat with him in his office. And he took us through a, a booklet, I think it's still around today, we use it at our church, called The Missing Peace. A booklet uh, explaining the gospel and, uh, you know, then it comes to that prayer of commitment at the end. And I remember listening to the, the pastor talk, and I thought, yeah, this is where I want. I want to be a Christian. I want to know... Uh, on another, I'm going to heaven one day uh, and to know him now. And I remember he was saying, well, look, I'll say this prayer. Uh, you can repeat uh, the line after me. And it's a way of just, obviously, saying the prayer doesn't make you a Christian. But, you know, if you're communicating with God from your heart, you know, it's a way of just uh, entering into his kingdom, as it were, in that sense. Yeah. And uh, I remember him coming to the part where it says, oh, I've messed, I'm paraphrasing now, I can't remember exactly, but almost along the lines of, you know, I've messed up my messed up my life, forgive me, and now I'll give my life to you. And I, I just couldn't say it. The pastor could obviously see this and look, don't worry, we'll, we'll perhaps chat uh, perhaps on Sunday or something. And I came away from that meeting. My other friends had been in before me, saying, yeah, I've said this prayer, I'm a Christian. It's all, and really excited. And I came away thinking, why couldn't I say it? And obviously, you know, I, I wanted to be in control of my own life. Uh, and I didn't want to give it up to him. So a bit of a battle but going on. Met, hmm. Oh, there was, there was. And, and that surrender now is the greatest joy to me. But to finish the story of how I came to the Lord, then that was on the Tuesday, then the following Sunday, uh, there was a group of the lads around the, this uh, warrant officer's house, and uh, one of the guys were just sitting down there, just reading through this prayer of commitment again, just out loud. And all of a sudden it just clicked into place. I thought, yes, I want you to, to be my Lord. I want you to be in control of my life. Uh, and I remember... I, the, I know people's experiences are different, but the joy of the Lord just filled my heart. And I felt as though I could have just, this guy lived in a flat, I think about 14 foot, I just felt as though I could have ran and dived off the balcony and flew. Just the joy of the Lord was just so real. Obviously, I didn't do that. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, uh, and then from then, you know, just the, uh, it was almost sort of, it seemed like a, a mini revival going on in the church with some of the cadets. Um, obviously the parable of the sower comes into it. Some people did drop a ray and mm. uh, some have sort of carried on with the Lord. My friend is a minister in Australia now. But, um, yeah, and from but then I just... It's amazing yeah, how God, God works, isn't it? Because, I mean, you were saying about mini revival in church. I mean, God does, of course, always does these sorts of things, sometimes on mm. a smaller scale. And I, I think it's the, the suddenlies of God, you know, that... Um, that, that that take us by surprise, but are always a great a great blessing and encouragement. Did you ever think that, that in those early days that you would end up, you know, as a as a church minister? Well, it's funny enough that my friend that's the, the minister in Australia. We, I don't know whether you remember Reinhard Bonnke when I, I became a Christian about nineteen eighty nine. I think he's going to be with the Lord now. He has, but uh, he was popular, and myself and my friend used to go on the streets in West Bromwich and preach the gospel. And I think. My friend particularly, not me, he almost used to take the mannerisms of uh, Reinhard Bonnke and, you know, I think we both wanted to be evangelists, uh, yes. like Reinhard Bonnke to begin yes. with. Right? Was just, he used to say, uh, this is the days of the combine harvester. 
<laughs> I I interviewed him. I interviewed him on a couple of occasions, yeah. and uh, he uh, he was an amazing amazing uh, uh, man of God. And of course, his 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 biography is now published, which no doubt Keith Jones had. But yeah, it's amazing how yeah. these these people can have an amazing effect on your life. You you of course went to, to Bible college. That's right. So I quickly realised that that wasn't my calling, and that the Lord was calling me to ministry. And that was quite early on in my Christian faith, really, probably within months of becoming a Christian. But obviously that took... I remember saying to my pastor, I want to go on the mission field. He says, well, you know, you settle down. I was still at sixth form at the time. He says, well, you know, you settle down, get a job. And obviously all the advice was bang on, you know, you'll need to get some life experience first. And um, and, But I remember once I went to um, a conference. It was in Bradford. Uh, Manor Conference, I think it was called, and Charles Price obviously spoken at the Bournemouth and Pool Convention a few times, even since we've been down here. And he was uh, he was preaching, and oh, the blessing was just amazing, and really eat, eating it up. God's word was just so amazing, and, and I just, oh Lord, how, you, use me to bless others the way I'm being blessed today, to some degree. And um, see that marked the journey then of from thinking one day I'll be called to starting the journey, I think perhaps a year from there, I actually went to Cape and Ray Bible School for one year, which is where he was a principal. That was an amazing time. Then there was a, a year's break, um, and my mum ended up having cancer and passing away at 45 years old. So that was a bit of a turbulent time. But then following that, I went to Moreland's Bible College for three years, like I think many ministers down south. I think it's so nice down here. Everyone <laughs> seems to... To stay or want to come back down here? Yeah, if you're going but to before Bible we College, came, go to Moorlands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But um, we went. Then I got married after I'd graduated from Moorlands, and uh, went to Bristol for ten years. A church in Bristol for ten years. Then the Lord called us down here in quite a oh, it's a, a big life lesson to come down here in the sense that, well, the process of how God worked because there was two churches that we're in touch with. Well, there was one church we were in touch with. We went quite a long way down the road with them. Church near in the Midlands. Lovely folk there, really nice folk. And, you know, we sort of started the process. He'd come to, to the vote. Then in the meantime, I think I looked on Moreland's website for graduates, and there was this church down here. And, you know, we were almost sort of looking at both of them at the same time, although we'd almost finished the process with the other one. And, Quickly, we booked a holiday down here. Came, came in stealth to spy out the land, as it were. <laughs> and we just yeah. loved that. Just our initial contact with people was so warm, so loving, and um, it's all, in a sense, it threw a spanner in the works for me. Because I like things to be black and white and straightforward and and easy to work out. And I almost, I would have liked one of the doors to have closed um, to naturally. Yeah, this is the way walking it, as it were. But you know, the Lord opened both doors up, and you know. As lovely as the church was in the Midlands, we just felt such a draw here. But oh, oh yeah, it was a strange thing. We ended up having to turn down the one in the Midlands, near the Midlands, and the hardest telephone call I've ever had to make that. Um, but we just knew we had to be down here. This was the place. And there's testimony from a lady in church here saying, when she found out that we'd sort of turn, turned it down here, she says, oh, I still think he'll come. And she said that to Dave's wife. Dave will be on in a bit. The church started in his home. Uh, as his wife said this to this lady, she says, oh, I think he'll still come. And at that time, she, 
Hayso could actually knew that I'd rang them back to saying, look, I, we, we really do want to come down and join you. Mm. And um, Encouragement for them. All the rest but... yeah. yeah, it was, it was going... a blessing. We've been here 10 years and we, we still love the folk here. And mm. so, it's just such a blessing. I feel privileged to be part of the church. So with all, all the things that are happening, I mean, obviously if, if lockdown hasn't done anything other than Helping us to relook at everything uh, that that we're doing. I mean, what what sort of vision do you do you have? Do you get a sense of of what God may have in store for uh, Richmond Park Church going forward? Um, I think it's our main vision, which is probably similar to everyone, is that sort of loving God, uh, loving one another, loving the lost. As far as it's continuing to move that forward, we we work a lot with Teen Challenge. Um, I'm sure many people have heard, heard of uh, Teen Challenge UK, but yes. Dorset have got their own version on our now. My wife works for them, and I've been on your station as well. But, you know, continuing that work, moving that forward, see what that looks like coming out of uh, the lockdown. Uh, children's outreach work, we have a, uh, we have a strong moms and toddler group, and perhaps a year or so before lockdown, we sort of developed a, a Bible breakfast club, which was linking in with that. And an after-school club as well. Uh, so again, it's sort of picking that up and looking to the Lord to work through that and to to save people uh, through that work. We had a, a student meeting. I won't say too much about that. Dave and Hayes sort of started that uh, a good many years before I came to Richmond Park Church. And again, we work a lot with uh, CLC, the Christian English Language School. And again, it's almost picking up to see where we're going there. And I think being open to the Lord as to new things as well. You know, we. Yeah. Uh, we're excited about possibilities of other things opening up as well. Um, obviously, we continue to develop our services to provide a place for, for God's people to grow and mature together. Uh, we have care groups as well, which uh, is, a, is a great blessing. I remember when I first came, I just kept visiting the different care groups, and it was great to do that. But just to be part of, well, then we started one ourselves, just to be part of that is such a blessing and a thrill, just drawing in closer, getting to know folk a bit more, uh, closely and intimately and be able to praise just uh, a tremendous blessing well thank you Martin yeah. for uh, for speaking to me this morning obviously we're going to talk to your your good wife and uh, to yeah. a few other folk from the church not not the least of which of course is Dave Holland I think the church started in his home didn't it uh, he did that's right I know Dave knows you well over the years he's, yes yeah, yeah. So look yeah. and Jan's going to be sharing a little later we're, we're quite privileged really Jan's a, a signer and we have a, a a deaf man that attends our church regularly and he's such a blessing to have a game up doing children's talks with Jan but I won't say any, any more about that because Jan well it would be nice to get Jan and I know Jan's a keen supporter of Hope FM she as well said, she said I believe it. she gave me your name no she gave you my number as well so yes yeah, yes she did lovely. you can blame her yeah. actually so. that's it it's Jan's fault <laughs> Hope FM Faith Filled Radio you're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. <coughs> well, they do say that behind every great man there's great women, and, uh, and behind Martin there is a joy. Good morning to you, Joy. Good morning, Blair, and I 100% agree. <laughs> yes, amen to that. <laughs> now, you, you, were t- you were telling me that, um, I mean, obviously you, you do a lot of work these days with Teen Challenge, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but yeah. also you've been taking responsibility for, uh, for children's work. How, how many little ones do, uh, do you have, and what sort of ages at, at Richmond um, Park Church? 
Um, well, we, we haven't got loads of children at the church. Um, there's quite a span of children, so we, we sort of split the group so that the younger ones um, can sort of be in their sort of group together rather than having such a big age span in a group. But we seem to, like a lot of churches, you sort of get an older group and then they sort of move off to university or fly the nest. And so that sort of has a bit of a gap there. We've got another sort of few people growing up into that group but we seem to be having a bit of um, a baby boom as well so we've got a few more babies coming along which is absolutely brilliant and um, we're really blessed actually where we are um, we have people from other cultures as well come in so it's just so lovely um, having Indian children and Polish children and all sorts coming in which is just we just love it it's great and I guess really that wonderful it's good having a, a you know, group, group, group of children because when it comes to uh-huh. you know technology they, they could run rings around us adults can't they oh. we've, we've all had to <laughs> learn the zooming and googling yeah. and goodness knows what <laughs> yeah absolutely so we're glad of those teens that know what they're doing we often call on our children Martin's very techie I'm not so I, I rely on Martin and the children a lot but um Yes, they're great. They're, they're just lovely. It's great just seeing them grow and, mm. and develop some really good friendships, mm. having good, solid, especially the teens. That My daughter is, well, and son is going into his 20s just now, but having a group of um, friends who they really, it's really strong in God is, is so important for them. So now, important. I asked Martin about his faith journey, and I guess uh, I, I yeah. need to ask you the same thing. So, how, how did it all start for you? How did you, how did you become a Christian? Well, I, I'm very different from Martin's upbringing. I grew up. Um, not in Birmingham, I will quickly add, um, Blair. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Take me to task, I um, don't mind. <laughs> in, um, although it's a Midland accent for sure. So I grew up in a Christian family, one of seven children, um, and in a little village of Staffordshire called Kinver. It's about five miles from Kidderminster. Um, people probably know that more than this little village I grew up in. Um, with really godly parents who loved God passionately and... Definitely they were the trigger for me coming to know the Lord. They were very clear with us, actually. Um, though they were saved, that wouldn't mean that we, you know, it's not an automatic salvation. You know, it's a personal choice. We have to choose. We were never ever forced to become Christians. Um, we saw it lived out. We saw it lived out 24-7 with them. Of course, they weren't perfect, but my goodness, they wholeheartedly love Christ. And we saw that in action, not just on a Sunday, but all through the week. They did lots of work, actually, funny enough, um, with people who were homeless and in addiction. Um, they helped set up Birmingham City Mission. So, you know, I witnessed my parents, you know, I'd witnessed my mom kneeling down beside the homeless, washing their feet, cooking for them. Dad, again, you know, being there right beside them. And we had a very open home. So we had lots of young people would come in from the village, very privileged children, but a lot would get into addiction. It was sort of um, rich kids' addiction so it can be kept hidden, you know, parents giving money to kids to get them out of their hair sort of thing. Yeah. And they have right pickings then, obviously, for addicts. But our home was open and they would pour in. Every Sunday afternoon, our, our living room was packed with young people and every one of them, Dad would give complete attention to. They'd all call them Mom and Dad. You know, it was their home. And we didn't have loads of money and they were coming from rich homes, but the love and the warmth they felt there just, just drew them. And many of them got saved, which was just fantastic. So I grew up in a very strong Christian family, um, lots of my brothers, you know, they're following the Lord and in ministry themselves. And it's just, you know, my dad went to be with the Lord 11 years ago. My mom's actually down here at the moment on holiday. So that's wonderful, staying at my sister's who's moved down here. Um, and, um, yeah, so I just thank God so much for them. They, they've been such an anchor in my life and such an encouragement 
to see that, you know, the Christian faith is absolutely alive and real and a life surrendered to Jesus is, is what life really is all about. You know, and I, I saw that every day in my own eyes. So, you know, that was such a motivation for me to follow Jesus. Now, you know, so, now today yeah. you're, you're working with the Teen Challenge uh, uh, right here in Dorset uh, with, with, yes. with, with, with your colleagues. Was it that sort of background and seeing your mum and dad's involvement that did that prepare a place in your heart for what you're doing now? I, I think it sowed seeds there. I didn't realise it at the time. We grew up on a farm, and I remember I used to look after the sheep. And um, I remember, and I always used to think when I was younger, I'm going to marry a farmer. That's it. You know, I'm going wow. to. Ma- I'm never going to marry a town. I'm going to be a farmer's wife. I, was, I loved it. That was my life. And I remember the one day I was up looking after these sheep and thinking, my goodness, look how much time this is taking, you know. Why if all this investment was not just into an animal, although animals are beautiful and precious and I love them, um, but actually into people. You know, um, and I remember I came down into the house and I opened my Bible. I I can't remember the psalm. It's one of the psalms at the end. And it said how he took David from the sheepfolds to leading his people, Israel. And immediately I knew God was going to call me into ministry. I just knew at that point, I'm not going to be working with sheep. I'm not going to be as a farmer, as it were, but I'm going to be working with people and seeing to lead them to the Lord. And um, so that was just set in my heart then. Um, shortly after that, actually, it wasn't all after, long after that, I met Martin. He came around to our home um, with some mutual friends for a Bible study. I'd been out taking a ladies' meeting, came back, and we got chatting, exchanged numbers, and um, kept in touch and, and realizing each other was the person that we, would, we were looking for. And, um, yeah, and, and so God just opened that. And a church in Bristol was, um, you know, very white, middle-class, rural, wasn't at all people there in addiction. There was obviously problems, but it's very typical English, keep it behind your closed doors sort of area. Um, beautiful, beautiful place and lovely people, but a very different scene from where we are here in Boscombe. And and I believe that seed, probably for mum and dad all that time, it doesn't necessarily grow immediately, but obviously it was planted there. And at the right time in, in God's leading, that would come to fruition. And when we came down here, obviously in Boscombe, with a heart of addiction, and the church has such a, an amazing heart for reaching out to lost and broken. One of the most precious things I've heard, I remember there was a couple of lads, one was going to rehab and he came into church with his friend the Sunday before he went. And um, everyone was sort of hugging him and praying for him and taking photographs with him and what have you. And he turned to his friend and he said, in this church, we, meaning, you know, people are homeless or, you know, not so well off or whatever. He said, we get treated like kings and queens. And I thought that is so precious. That is so precious that they can feel there's open arms and an open heart of God here. And um, so, yeah, we came down 10 years ago and the work of Teen Challenge started just after we came down. We started praying about how we could reach into local community. And Mike Cook, um, who now goes to Citygate, he had really felt called of God to start the work and got in touch with the leaders of local churches to see if anybody could get on board with that and Martin and Dave went to a meeting and, and that started the ball rolling and, and the church got completely behind that. It, we've just been so blessed. So, so blessed in that we have. It's been a joy to to speak to you. Someone who's cutting the grass behind me here. So if you hear a bit. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, yeah, but we'll have to get you into the studio. Uh, of course, you've been mm. in, you've been to Hope FM before. So we'll, obviously, when yes. when we sort of uh, get a few weeks under our belt and uh, we, we start to let people back in again, I guess it's going to be the same yeah. for you in church life as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, things. I mean, work of teen challenges kept going over this period. 
um, particularly Gavin myself, so my colleague Gavin, he goes to uh, Lansdowne Church, so we're employed by Team Challenge, so we've kept visits up, going with people. Some has been have to be done over Zoom and some over the phone, um, but lots of the support work has gone, uh, carried on. Obviously, some of the outreach work has had to be scaled back, but now we're looking at how we can start that up again. And, and again, like with all the church ministries, assessing God, how do we take this forward? What's it going to look like? Do we need to change it? Do we need to, you know, add to it, stop whatever? Do you know what I mean? Just seeking God's God's face on that. So, um, yeah, what? it's exciting. Hope FM, Faith-Filled Radio. Well, of course, on my profile, church today has been uh, Richmond Park Church. But the man who had the vision to start the church, I believe in his own home, is, uh, is Dave Holland. Good morning to you, Dave. Yeah, morning, Blair. Great, uh, great to hear your voice again. Long time, really. Absolutely. <laughs> well, of course, you've been uh, you've been a supporter of Hope FM uh, right from the right from the early days of our commencing uh, broadcasting. But the, how did I mean, how did the fellowship, as it was in those days, uh, come to be come to be born? Yeah, uh, uh, a lovely story, really, and an interesting story. Lots of ups and lots of downs along the way, of course, but. Um, yeah, um, a, a friend of mine, a colleague of mine, um, and I had been uh, looking around, in, uh, n- not looking around together, but we've been uh, considering uh, moving on from where where we were worshipping for various reasons, and um, uh, we went to various churches around, or I did, and my wife went to various churches around looking for where we might settle down, and because uh, we really are, we really believe in church, and uh, uh, yet one. I recall that one Saturday morning, um, I rang my friend David, David Williams. Uh, there are a few David Williamses in Bournemouth, but uh, another David Williams. Yes. And uh, and um, I said, Dave, how about let's meet tomorrow, Sunday, uh, in my house and see where the Lord leads us, see what the Lord does. And so uh, there were four adults and, in fact, four children meeting in the lounge. And that's, uh, in a way, how it started. Um, uh, and so the Lord used, I believe, uh, you know, the way he guides us and leads us sometimes, and certainly uh, through some circumstances, through prayer, through various things. And so we found ourselves uh, worshipping one Sunday morning in, in around about 1980. Now, and that's also, how it began. And a lot of water has passed under the bridge uh, through then. Of course, uh, eventually, of course, you had to move out of home, didn't you, because the church was, was growing? We did. We did. We moved. We moved out of out of the home, and we've been in touch with Bournemouth Council to see if there was anything they could uh, find for us. And uh, I happened to walk past Nortoff Road in Charminster uh, one day, and thought, and that, that looks quite useful. And so we contacted the council, and and thankfully, praise God, they said, yeah, we could we could use it. I mean, there was only one proviso really, and that was that we couldn't have more than a hundred people in it. Uh, by the time we left the house, we had, I guess, maybe nearly 30 folk who were who were meeting together, and so we very readily took took up their offer and um, began uh, a further work from Nortoff Road. And yeah, I, and I remember in the, in those uh, those early days because you, you always had students uh, as part right. as part of your ministry. It was a big part of your ministry in those days. Is, is that still the case? Well, it certainly is um, a slightly different slant in the sense that um, in those days, of course, if you can imagine, Nortoff Road was right uh, right uh, by um, uh, Shelbourne Road, and we were using uh, various buildings around um, around Charmouth at the time, and so there was a sense in which 
Chancellor, of course, in those days, and perhaps in some ways still is, it was a student centre. Um, but we were particularly close because David Williams was the founder of the Christian English Language Centre uh, when it was uh, in uh, Charminster originally, in his home. And so, in a way, the Lord sort of developed things from that, and a number of a number of families within the church uh, uh, took on board uh, students, uh, hosting you know hosting them. And uh, as it was mainly at that time uh, a school uh, that was uh, set up to help missionaries and people like that to to come study English, move on to different parts of the world. Um, we found ourselves with quite a number of Christian students, although the the language school has always and still is very open to reaching out to those who are not yet believers. Um, but we had the privilege of, of, of a lot of students around in the 80s and 90s. Um, and so that's where that ministry amongst internationals began to develop. Now, of course, today you're, you're in Palmerston Road. Um, Indeed. Uh, so uh, um, has has much changed, or is it still the same emphasis? Uh, well, the same emphasis is certainly still there. Uh, uh, you know, the we have a uh, an evangelical Pentecostal uh, sort of leaning, and uh, so therefore the church in itself has remained uh, in its mode of worship and and uh, longing for the Word of God has has, has remained uh, very much the same. Um, obviously. Um, when we were in uh, uh, first in the building, uh, we 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 were uh, fairly large at that time. I mean, you've been in the building, and the old Salvation Army Citadel has a has a lovely balcony and what have you. And, and we we were full downstairs and full upstairs. And obviously, sometimes as as, as happens, uh, church, church numbers go up and they go down. And there is definitely an air of a uh, sense of rebuilding from that these days. And uh, you've heard, you know, Martin and Joy, they're lovely people, and you've heard their kind of testimonies and the desire they have to see um, men and women, young and old, coming to coming to Christ. And so um, not a lot has changed, really. Uh, the only difference, of course, between the house church and that is we have the ability to use the building when, uh, whenever we like, and so that's always been a great help, you know. Well, obviously, we're, we're we're living in strange times, and of course, Martin and Joy did share also about you know the, uh, working with people you know who are uh, yeah. really homeless and are maybe who have gone through drug addiction or or that sort of thing, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and the church supporting that. As you look forward, I mean, you you were there at the beginning, and you're there now, and particularly yeah. as you as we're coming out of 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 COVID, whatever. The brave new world looks like. What's your own sense and your your own heart for what what you'd really like to see, or what you believe the Lord's saying as we as we move forward together? Yeah, I mean, my my main sense and my main heart really is is uh, I believe in in church growth, both uh, numerically and, and spiritually, and so therefore there is a sense in which I'd love to see. Uh, more people coming into our community, uh, naturally enough, and uh, yet, uh, Blair, there was int- uh, not that one dwells on uh, too long on the past in any way, but uh, a few years ago, as, as a church, we we were looking at this whole issue where we would be going, and, and we had, a, 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 if I recall, a, a week of prayer, that kind of thing, and, and out of that week of prayer, a, a particular scripture was emphasized, um, and that was Isaiah 58, uh, which basically 
uh, says we, that the you know we would be repairer of broken walls. We would be people uh, people rebuild ancient ruins. That kind of slant. Now, of course, for us, um, although our building needs needs repair, um, we, we saw that in the spirit and and um, and believed that God was going to do things, particularly re- rebuilding particular kinds of people's broken lives. Now, of course. Uh, the gospel reaches every every section of the community, doesn't it? And and uh, um, rich or poor, etc., young, old, all need to hear the same wonderful gospel of Jesus. And so, um, although our emphasis to some extent has been, uh, as Joy uh, and Martin have been sharing, in a particular area, um, we you know we're trusting that God will uh, move us on our children's work and all all of that and and see him him work and in fact we did have another picture as it were during that time and i'm i'm always very cautious about pictures visions etc but it has seemed to come to fruition over a fair period of time that we we in fact would be a kind of hospital where people came of course people come into hospital get get sorted and then for whatever reason well they leave hospital because they have to in a way mm. but for whatever reason we have seen over the years people uh, move on from time to time uh, and we've always blessed them in doing that and encouraged them in doing that so so i see that um, really in this new time particularly one of the most wonderful things is through the zoom and, and and through the youtube the church has been held together so i believe there's a very very lovely beautiful strong bible believing god loving community there at Richmond Park Church uh, that God wants to use, and we're calling upon him to, 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 uh, by his spirit to lead, to lead us there, you know. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts, and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.